sounds of the Anteater Kingdom on 88.9 FM KUCI in Irvine. Why do you linger here when there is no hope? There is still hope. Tempted to think there's no hope for overcoming some of the challenges of modern life? Ask an elf. Or a hobbit. Tune in Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. with Milo Lomesdown at your service and... Tani Tanuvial, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. For What Would Arwen Do on KUCI Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live on KUCI.org. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. Listening, elf friends, hobbit friends alike, you are listening to KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, Orange County's alternative radio station, and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. And... To my charming, ever-charming Hobbit co-host, greetings. Well, this is Milo Longsdown at your service as usual, and I'd like to say hello to Chuck and Donna and all my nieces and nephews and in-laws, Martin up in Toronto and all the friends. Uh, Lynn in Kentucky may start listening here shortly, so we have uh, an international audience here on What Would Arwen Do?, which you can find, by the way at KUCITalk.org is where we podcast. And you can go to iTunes and search for Arwen. That's A-R-W-E-N in the iTunes podcast division of that store. Always free, all the time for download. Welcome to everyone. And to any of our friends who might be listening uh, locally, Ro might be listening from down in Escondido, um, and to all of our friends who listen from uh, around the globe, I'm so thankful for the world of technology and that we can stay so connected. Uh, many of my friends through the my favorite message board, uh, Torque, the One Ring dot com, who often listen either to podcasts or live from uh, Van and Guru up in Washington, Va, um, Scribbles listening once in a while from up in Canada. 
even Rodia, who listens once in a while from over in Poland. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's and wonderful. And a reminder have. that you can listen to KUCI-FM live 24 hours a day, seven days a week, by going to the Internet and clicking on KUCI.org. And you might want to check out our website because we have all kinds of music here, everything from rock and roll to jazz to funk to goth to electronic to uh, TNN, whose show is on just before ours, Funk Your Face. Funk Your Face. Oh, Such my gosh. a fantastic show of dancey you know, rock and roll music, and I, I, I always love her show because you just get grooving. <laughs> and before hers, if you're interested in laughing for three hours, you can listen to George Had a Hat. I like laughing. Laughing is very good for you. <laughs> he plays a lot of very comical songs and very comical spoken word excerpts. You know what? I'm going to have to listen to his show because generally that's the time where I'm kind of in the throes of Middle Earth, you know, doing either, you know, reading the books or, you know, just doing things, you know, getting ready for the show and everything. But uh, I'm going to have to definitely tune in because uh, we elves like to laugh. And he provokes gales of laughter. (laughs) Well, in case you are tuning in for the first time, you may be wondering what this show is all about. Well, if a Middle Earth elf lived today in Southern California, in Irvine to be more precise, what might her life look like? How would she, as a modern elf, celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? And that is a very good question to ask in life. But on this program, when challenges in life arise, or as the wizard Gandalf put it uh, to Frodo, questions, questions that need answering, we like to ask, what would Arwen do? And who was Arwen, you may be wondering? In J.R.R. Tolkien's mythology of Middle-earth, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing lore and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. So as an elf, I've been doing this show now for, um, how many years is it? 2000, six years. I always get mixed up. Six or seven years. Two years with the Dear Hobbit. And our passion is that uh, for those of you who are listening, that you would be inspired on some level to uh, find the creative impulse in your life and let that... Uh, be engaged and because I believe that our lives are enriched by art and music and uh, the love of family and community and, and through service to others. And have an adventure once in a while. And have an adventure. The Lord of the Rings and uh, all the tales of Middle Earth are built around adventures. It was interesting. Um, I'll have to look up the quote at some point, uh, Dear Hobbit, but Tolkien 
I think at some point someone asked him, you know, how come there's no tales around um, all of the wonderful things, you know, because we read in Eldemar how there was all of this, um, you know, harmony and, you know, people, they had games, they had athletic games, but he mentioned that generally great tales come when there's some type of conflict or some type of peril. Absolutely correct. And so all of the tales of the the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits and the the Silmarils are all uh, from the the great land of Middle-earth that J.R. Tolkien said that he discovered for us, not that he invented. Yeah, he discovered, and all of the languages of it as well. So, um, we have, uh, again, we want to welcome our friends who are listening in, and uh, hopefully you'll check out our website, our our talk website at KUCITalk.org, and our music, or general website at KUCI.org. And, of course, we... um, we are great lovers of the works of J.R. Tolkien, and whether those are brought to us in music or art or... Um, the original the, books the original are pretty books, good. The original books or the movies, because you and I both have in common that we are great movie fans. and Absolutely. Very, and especially now that it was just about a year ago, not quite a year ago, that the green light, we, got the, we heard about the green light for The Hobbit. That's right. It was late in 2010 that the green light was lit. Mm -hmm. And after some various stalls and health problems and delays, filming, principal photography as we call it technically, but filming of the movies, there's going to be two. There's going to be two. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I can hardly wait. I can hardly wait. Well, and I'm so glad that you are now part of the show because being a movie buff and a movie critic, you bring um, an aspect, because I just fell in love with the movies and the books and, you know, I just like to, but you study these things and you know how to research them and find out what's going on and I love that you always provide for us our Hobbit Movie Adventure Report. Uh, let's get a little Hobbit music going here just to kind of set the, the tone for our Hobbit because I think we have some wonderful news and things to think about this week. Oh, my gosh. There's so much happening. Just briefly, we want to say happy birthday to Sir Ian Holm, who played Bilbo Baggins in the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm. He turned 80 yesterday. Oh, my god. So we'd goodness. like to wish him a happy, happy birthday and many happy returns to that 80? great and brilliant 80? actor. Yes. Oh my God. And it has been confirmed that he will reprise his role in the Hobbit movies. So really? that, that's going to be something to look forward to. There are a couple of announcements that we should make mention of. Mm-hmm. First of all, Tolkien fans in the New York City area, and I know that there are some of you out there that listen on podcast, we're excited to announce that the OneRing.net will be hosting an exclusive private party in New York City on Friday, October 14th, during the New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Tickets for the event will go on sale in a couple weeks. Meanwhile, save the date. I again urge friends, certainly for conversation and community, theonering.com is great, but I spend a lot of time looking at theonering.net mm-hmm. for news and so forth. And and I must say I agree. I, I theonering.com I love because it's a community. We all celebrate each other's, you know, regular birthdays and even anniversaries of being on the boards. And there are people that write uh, role-playing stories. And there's a language forum and a movies forum. And um, but for news and events and and uh, especially of things that are going on, there is no place to beat <laughs> like Torn. Um, Another piece of news from Torn is that Saturday, October the eighth, the Kentucky, Kentucky. The Kentucky Symphony Orchestra Chorale will be featuring soprano Kara Shea Thompson and tenor Rick Furman, and they will be doing 
a Wagner and Howard Shore concert that is basically scripted and narrated by Doug Adams, oh. who wrote the music book, the book about the music of The Lord of the Rings. Wow. And it's going to be in two acts, and it's going to have music by Shore, Howard Shore, Academy mm-hmm. Award-winning composer of The Lord of the Rings movies, as well as Richard Wagner. So you'll be able to hear Shore's Nature's Reclamation, then Wagner's Loge Aspire, then Shore's March of the Ents, all interwoven. So I would say if you're in the Kentucky area, certainly Saturday, October 8th. But the big news, the big news was from a name that you know. David Salo, the linguistic consultant for The Lord of the Rings, spoke at GeekCon. That is a relatively young gathering that started in 2007 by the students and alumni of the University of Madison, the University of Wisconsin at Madison. The fifth convention was held this last weekend, September 9th to 11th, with 1,400 fans attending. And three of the talks, three of the Tolkien-related events, were involving David Salo, an expert on the professor's languages Mm -hmm. that he used in The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Mm -hmm. Well, we all know that he was the Tolkien linguist for Peter Jackson's film adaptation of The Lord of the Rings. He translated phrases and passages from the script into various Middle-earth languages, primarily Elvish. He devised passages in Khuzdul, the secret language of the dwarves, including choral portions for the scenes in the mines of Moria. He also translated phrases engraved on the swords. It's amazing how the Weta workshop people actually engraved actual elvish and dwarvish and other, you know, black language things into them. Well, he gave three sessions at this geek con, as it's called. He is affiliated with the University of Wisconsin, and he's probably most known for a book called A Gateway to Sindarin. And I am. And I have that book. It's a beautiful. It's silver. It's got a silver cover. Um, it, I got it actually at a uh, an event, uh, a Tolkien Society event in two thousand. I think it's two thousand five. I'm not sure. Two thousand five or two thousand six. But it is amazing for anyone who really is a lover of the languages and of Sindarin. It's just an amazing book. A beautiful book. Well, you're going to have to lend it to me sometime, yes. Elf Princess. But in any case, it's obvious that David was not able to say much about the actual filming because mm-hmm. of contracts and legal language and all that sort of complicated stuff. But here is what he said. He is, in fact, affiliated with the University of Wisconsin, and David Salo is non- known to have done all of his work on the film from there. That is, he has never actually been to New Zealand. Oh. <coughs> What little he could tell people about The Hobbit is this. There are props and maps that will need to have writing on them, but that work has not yet been given to him. Similarly, he expects to be asked to write lyrics for choral passages of the music score, which Mm -hmm. we know is being done by Howard Shore. Yes. But that has not happened yet either. So far, he has worked primarily on lines of dialogue, and just two days before his talk had sent back a bunch of translations. You know, it's going to be, I, I know, you, just before you continue there, I am so excited about that because in, I think in The Lord of the Rings, we saw a lot of emphasis on the Elvish music. You know, there was uh, a lot of Elvish, you know, songs and singing. And uh, it's going to be very interesting because you have more of the emphasis, you know, here with the dwarves to yes. see what type of choral arrangements Howard Shore will come up with for this language of the dwarves, this Kuzdul. 
Yes, it's it's going to be an amazing score, and I can hardly wait. I mean, we're we're down to just barely a year and a couple months. It seems like forever, but it's December fourteenth, twenty twelve. That's when the premiere of The Hobbit Part One occurs. It's interesting that David Salo's never been to New Zealand. He does all of his work by remote yes. control. As David says, quote, in a way, this language doesn't have the sort of stability that real li- life languages do. Even though Tolkien was not a native speaker of the languages he, in- he invented, he would examine and sometimes change the structure of sentences he was translating. Thus, David cannot call upon known facts about these languages. He is a professional linguist, however, and uses the same sorts of techniques that Tolkien himself would have employed. Mm-hmm. The result is what David calls an approximation of how an elf's speech, that is, Sindarin, might sound. He begins his work by identifying keywords in a sentence and then rearranges them into a different order that corresponds to the linguistic structures of Sindarin. Which Sindarin is the language, uh, the Elvish language of Middle Earth. The original elves were speaking Quenya. They went, you know, that was what they spoke in Eldamar. When even when the exiles came back, the speech of the Telran elves had been sundered from their Noldoran kin. And then, of course, be, when they heard about the kinslaying, uh, King Thingol forbid anyone to speak. Quenya in his kingdom. So, you know, Sindarin was the language of, you know, as far as commerce and would have been the language that the uh, elves and dwarves would have um, <coughs> been familiar with with each other. And dwarves were quite great lovers of language and took to them quickly as well. Yes. Well, for the Lord of the Rings, there were three kinds of orcs, right? Three different kinds of orcs that had to be dealt with. And as a result, had to be changed for different dialects. The interesting thing about this is David announced at this convention that he plans to create new Orcish language for the goblins in The Hobbit. These creatures would have been a northern branch of the Orcs, borrowing words from dwarves, men, and even elves in the same region. Hmm. So it's interesting that he's going to be working on New things for the dwarves as well as new things for the Orcs. Wow, new Orcs. So that's just a brief excerpt. Again, I I urge our friends that are listening for the complete uh, transcript by Kristen at theonering.net. Go to http colon slash slash theonering.net. Now, this is a a written uh, thing. It's not an audio file. This is not an audio file, although I I haven't searched for it. I I would imagine there might have been someone at the conference Mm. that may have recorded a video and put it on YouTube. David Salo's last name is spelled S-A-L-O. Yes. So you might be able to find him that way. But uh, I did not look at that. I was just fascinated. It goes on for about three typewritten pages of information because he did three sessions at the conference. I was most Uh, interested on the first session about what he's doing for The Hobbit. Oh, and you know what is so exciting to me is that um, I'm really going to have to get my my travel self my travel self brought up to speed because as we get closer and closer to the uh, hobbit movies coming out there will be a resurgence i'm sure of uh, moots and meetings and more and you know as we have these different things comic con and geek con and all of these things there will be more of a presence of middle earth things not to be missed absolutely so, there will you know for those of us who just can't get enough of the music and the the languages and the costumes and you know 
a lot of good things to look forward to. Not and, to I mention mean, a, rev- a revival in critical interest. I love reading criticism. I love reading people, especially professors, uh, graduate students, PhD candidates, their dissertations, when they examine the works of Tolkien in context right. and put it in a historical context, a uh, religious context, a uh, philosophical context, linguistic context. It's it's uh, really interesting to see how rich the world is that Professor Tolkien that created that so much can be written about it that it it is very, very fun at the top level, right. but it has very, very deep wells of sustenance yes. and delight when you delve deep into his work. Yes. Well, one of the dreams of my life is to one day go to the Oxford Moot, which is uh, usually held in late summer. Actually, This year's just concluded a yes, couple of weeks ago, concluded. if I recall. And there's always papers presented, and they do a tour of, the, of Oxford and Cambridge. And so my goal is to go next year, because that's really the place uh, where you get to, a lot of times these panels are wonderful with, the, with these uh, scholars who have been studying Tolkien for you know years and decades even. Let me give you the data. The the what is closed recently on the 2011 Oxen Moot mm-hmm. in Oxford, it occurs September 23rd to 25th mm-hmm. this year. So it's basically coming up in what ten days. It starts in ten days. What is closed is administration and registration so you really can't get involved in the oxen mood at this yeah. point it's too late to register actually there's a different one uh that's that's that that is one there is another oxford mood though that um a lot of it is fans uh that uh, um, kind of hang out on the the wondering.com message board they just had a big moot uh where people came from all over and uh there's one um of the uh posters our farzan who takes people on a uh tour they visit Tolkien's grave and they posted a big a beautiful report on that and um, that one will be coming up in a, a year as well so and lots if, of things going if on listeners are wondering where what is this word moot I mean we've heard of moot court but yeah. moot comes from the gathering of the Ents right. in the Lord of the Rings when they had, would have a gathering it was called a moot M-O-O-T. Yes. M-O-O-T. So um, it's almost time for us to transition, and, and uh, Lauren will be calling. Lauren, uh, and I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce her last name, Quitano? Quitano? Um, anyway, Lauren, darling Lauren, a charming Lauren, who was the host of um, Activism for Amateurs, Last, uh, she took a, the summer quarter off. I think she mentioned that she had done some traveling, and she will be hopefully bringing her uh, talk show back in the fall. To and KUCI-FM, to which you're listening, she had that program in the spring of 2011. Yes, and uh, she also works over at the Center for Living Peace, and she is has graciously agreed to call in today and tell us about some wonderful things that they have coming up over there, including this coming Saturday, which is the day they are celebrating their International Day of Peace with free programs all day long. But there's a lot of things happening this Saturday. There are a lot of things. Oh, yes. Isn't it the Coastal Cleanup Day this Saturday? You know what? Before she calls, I'm so glad you mentioned that because you reminded me we have some things we have to mention. The the Coastal Cleanup Day is a, a rare opportunity to get involved with other lovers of the coast of the wetlands, yes. of the fallas, as you might call them. 
Yes, absolutely. And it's a day, uh, it's actually celebrated all up and down uh, the coast. It might even be international because it not only focuses on coastal cleanup, um, but also wa- the watersheds, you know, that are along the coast. I believe if you Google coastal cleanup, you can find uh, information. There are lots of parks that are doing things this, you know, this Saturday, but also the next over the next couple of weeks. And uh, this coming Saturday is the big day over at the Interpretive Center the, at the Newport Upper Newport Bay, which is close to where I live. Um, and one of the last remaining estuaries on the California coast. And it is so beautiful. Every Tuesday when oh, I go beautiful. to pick you up for us to come to the radio station, I see that beautiful estuary. Oh, my gosh. And it feeds in, and is home to lots and lots of animals and birds. <laughs> it's such a key, and, uh, key, key ecosystem for Southern California. Yes, and I think a lot of people don't realize that all of the things that they put out and that go into the gutters and down the, the you know, run down the, that water and things run into that Santa Ana River and dump into the bay. And it's, and such, it it's a real shame. Our, it pollutes our, our oceans and creates uh, a polluted environment for the creatures that live there. So a lot of things accumulate there in the bay, and there are a lot of protected habitats there as well. So this is the one day of the year that uh, they actually take groups further into those areas to clean up. So, Do we have a URL where people can get involved? If they, if they go to uh, www.newportbay.org, newportbay.org, they can find information. And it, the straight URL is newportbay.org slash featured slash annual dash cleanup dash day. So there is a little release form that right. they ask for you to, you know, if you can, download it and fill it out before you come and bring your own wa- water bottle. But they provide everything else, the trash bags and some snacks and some things, and you'll meet some other wonderful people who are and passionate. And you get access to areas of the yes. bay that are normally forbidden to humans. Yeah, you get to, and you get to meet a lot of wonderful people and, and do something good. And the weather, I'm sure, will be gorgeous, as it always, oh my gosh. almost always is here in Southern California. But that's not the only thing happening. Happening on Saturday, September seventeenth, two thousand eleven, is it? There's no. something about boats. Uh, yes. As a hobbit, I'm not a big fan of boats, but well, they are nice we, to look at. Yeah, the sea elves love love the boats, and some people I know um, are big fans of wooden boats. And this coming Saturday, the Wooden Boat Festival and Great Brigantine Race. And this is from a little uh, blurb here in the Newport Beach magazine. It says, "Those with a passion for the sea will have a chance to admire more than fifty. 50 boats ranging from 20 to 85 feet, including the 110-foot brigantine tall Irving Johnson ship at the third annual Wooden Boat Festival held at the American Legion Yacht Club. The following day, gather at the... um, at the Balboa Pier, so, you know, that I'm assuming this is a free event because, you know, you can just gather at the pier there to witness the start and finish of the first ever Great Brigantine Race hosted by the American Legion and Bahia Corinthian Yacht Club's challenging Balboa Yacht Club. The identical boats built at the L.A. Maritime Institute are named after Irving Johnson and his wife and world sailing companion, Exie Johnson. If you want more information, you can visit the website at Wooden Boat festival.com woodenboatfestival.com yes and so in coming up in just a few minutes uh, our friend Lauren will be calling in and 
Uh, I thought we'd play a little little Lord of the Rings music as a little transition. Uh, I love Har- Howard Shore's music. I love Howard Shore. I mean, and for those who are listening, we, that is Howard Shore music that you hear at the beginning of the show whenever you tune in at the beginning. Um, let's hear some Hobbit music. Let's hear a little bit and a little bit from Gandalf. So here is from the Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring extended recordings, complete recordings, the um, Gandalf at Bag End. Great. KCI in Irvine. Down from the door where it Oh my gosh, flaming <laughs> red hair. Flaming red hair. That was uh, a special treat for us as we were waiting for our caller. Special treat from the Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, the complete recordings. We heard three tracks. I love three of my favorite. We heard Bag End. Wonderful. With uh, Ian McKellen singing Sir Gandalf Ian song. McKellen Sir Ian McKellen. Bag End and very, uh, no, we heard Bag End, Very Old Friends, and Flaming Red Hair, which I was so excited Wonderful. when the complete recordings came out that we finally got to have um, a recorded version of the dance oh, at wonderful. Bilbo and Frodo's birthday party where Frodo pushes Sam out there to dance with Rosie. But I'm excited that we have a guest to talk yes, about the fabulous do. Center for Living Peace here in Irvine. And um, unfortunately, we don't have Lauren here with us today. I'm sure Lauren will be back at some point and we'll get to talk to her. But um, Carrie from the Center for Living Peace has very graciously called in to tell us about the uh, um, several things. There's three things especially that are going on this coming Saturday. Uh, Carrie, are you there? I'm here. Thank you so much for Thank calling you. in today. Well, before we jump into uh, especially this wonderful event that's coming up this Saturday, September 17th, could you just tell us a little bit for those that may be listening in for the first time, what is the Center of Living Peace and what do you guys, what are you up to over there? Yeah, um, the Center for Living Peace is a peace education center that helps people discover new passions and rediscover old passions. And we do that through classes that we offer at our center and through special events. So last year we had the Living Peace Series event, which had Charlize Theron, Richard Branson, the Dalai Lama come and partake in a great speaking event. And we are starting up again in October with the second installment of the Living Peace Series event. So through classes and special events, we hope people can live more peacefully. And you are located right here, especially for those listening in that might be uh, students or faculty or staff here at UC Irvine, where we broadcast from. You are right across the street, isn't that right? Yeah, we're right across the street. Guess what the address is? It's 4139 Campus Drive here in Irvine. And their contact information is for phone, 949-854-5500. But they have a beautiful uh, attractive and yet simple website, goodhappens.org. 
Yes, mm. and I love the Center for Living Peace. I drop in there very often mm-hmm. just to take in the wonderful sacred space and get rejuvenated. Um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful space of, of healing. The art, the music, the the people, the wonderful people at the desk that always mm-hmm. greet you. And um, so could you tell us, well, we, we have several things to cover, but... Um, uh, and we'll cover the event this coming Saturday, but there's another event uh, that is coming up um, in October that's part of the um, the Living Peace series. And what is that? What is that all about? Um, the event in October, um, October 13th, we are having an event entitled Woman War and Peace, and it's a speaking event with speakers such as Abigail Disney, who's the granddaughter of Walt Disney, and also a fabulous. A soulmaker and producer who actually produced this documentary series with PBS called Woman, War, and Peace. So that's why the title of the event is the way it is. Um, we are also having actress Gina Davis come and partake in the speaking event. And it's in collaboration um, with the public broadcasting station that has a five-part documentary series uh, depicting five different countries who have been going through war and what it's like to be a woman in those countries. Wow. What a tremendous event. Are there are there tickets still available? Yeah, the tickets actually go on sale September 19th. And to purchase the tickets, you can go to www.livingpeace.uci.edu and the tickets are um, located on that website. Great. And that's going to be right here on the campus of UC Irvine Mm -hmm. in the Pacific Ballroom at the UCI Student Center, Thursday, October 13th at uh, 7.30 p.m. So that sounds like it's going to be a pretty amazing event. And if if I recall correctly, we can't say prices because Mm -hmm. we're a public radio station, but uh, there are some special offers or special special deals for uh, the students. Yes. Okay. Yes. Enough about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we don't want to get the FCC mad at us. Yes. We try to make it accommodating for almost everyone. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then, um, un- unfortunately, our time, we don't have as much time uh, as I was hoping we would have, and we have so much uh, for you to share with us. Could you please tell us a little about the event that's coming up this coming Saturday? Uh, that would be Saturday, September 17th, right at the Center for Living Peace, um, an event starting at 8 o'clock in the morning. What's going on over there? Yeah, we have a wonderful event. It's called International Day of Peace, and it's our second um, event that we have each year that we offer classes for free that day. So it's a one-time-only sort of thing that comes every twice a year. Um, And we have classes that day in pretty much all of our four focuses at the center. So we have classes in arts, the environment, communication, and peacemaking. It's a really great opportunity for people to check out what programs we offer to see if they would like to continue with attending those programs. And there will be a lot of fun activities and events going on and food. So just come by and 
say hi, and we'd love to talk to you some more. And the program is just tremendous. We have yoga for kids ages 3 to 7 at 12.30 p.m., mm-hmm. yoga for kids from ages 6 to 12 at 2 p.m. We have Shambhala med- meditation for all ages. It's, it's an, that's, that event is at 10 a.m., a full day from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., all free at the Center for Living Peace. And, um, Carrie, so many of these uh, programs that you have throughout the day are very family-friendly as far as, you know, um, it, it's all ages. In fact, I'm, I'm thinking of, I'm hosting a uh, princess sleepover the night uh, before that for a couple of my young friends, and I'm uh, planning to bring them to the New Earth Drumming Session that's at 9 o'clock, and they're like 9 and 11. Would that be appropriate ages for them to come? Yes, uh, Nerd Drumming, we have babies six months old oh. to 80 years plus. It's fun for all ages, and that day specifically has been, de- been designed so if um, a child's event is going on, there's an alternative event for moms and dads to partake in. Oh, great. So uh, the timing overlaps pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's something called Create. Peace Vision Boards at 10.30 to 11.30. Is that uh, more for adults or for kids? or do you <clears throat> Yeah, that's for all ages as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love to use visual images to illustrate what living peace means to people. So by making vision boards, we are, in an essence, trying to create peace. So we offer all the materials that are needed, and we have quite a few already at the center as an example. So that's for anyone who would like to just make an inspirational vision board for themselves. And then at 4.30 p.m., you have the Peace in Motion movie night presenting the Day After Peace. Is is that a movie? Yeah, that's a movie. Uh, It's the sequel to Peace One Day. At our International Day of Peace last year, we screened the first uh, film, Peace One Day, and now we're screening a sequel to that, Day After Peace. And it's actually this movie that was made from the founders of International Day of Peace, so mm. it's following the changes that took place most, most permanently um, after September 11, 2001. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's the... Uh, it's a really motivational film, mm-hmm. and I think it's a great way to finish off the day-long of, uh, event. Yes, and again, you have programs. <clears throat> again, these are free classes all day, starting at 8 a.m. and going through you know the evening with the movie. And uh, I notice also one of my favorite places on the planet, the Ecology Center, is doing a workshop from uh, 1 to 3 on reusable sandwich and snack bags. That sounds wow. very fun. <laughs> how is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to show you how. Yeah, they're actually very simple to make, and we have really easy uh, templates to follow. Mm-hmm. And it's a drop-in um, class, so even if you can't show up at 1 o'clock, you can come anytime up until 2.30, and you'll just be able to learn how to make reusable sandwich and snack bags. So especially now that schools are getting going again, we're trying to reinforce uh, how important it is to 
serve our environment. Wonderful. And then I see also in the afternoon at 3 o'clock, Compassionate Communication, which I believe um, that's Terry that's leading that. Is that right? She teaches mm-hmm. that class regularly on Thursday evenings. About uh, And I was um, uh, privileged to get to sit in on one of her classes. It was amazing just learning how to uh, speak and interact compassionately with other people and uh, just foster compassionate communication. Communication, and uh, I'm so excited that you're having uh, that she's going to be sharing of one of her classes that afternoon as well. A full day of things going on over there, (laughs) and all free. We hobbits love free things, especially when they're so delightful. Yes, Yes. we love having all you hobbits. So, Um, just in case people are interested, um, could you give out your website address? And is there, like, if people want to sign up to get on your email list or something to get information about upcoming events you have, is there a way that they can do that? Yes, certainly. Our uh, website address is www.goodhappens.org. If you would like to get on our newsletter, which is sent out every Tuesday, you can email us at contact at goodhappens.org or you can call us at 949-824, or I'm sorry, 854-5500. Great. And I was just taking a look at your website. You guys are up here on Facebook. You got Twitter. You got YouTube. You got WordPress. So uh, there's lots of ways for people to get involved and, and stay up to date, um, you know, on what what things that you guys are up to over there at the Center for Living Peace. And I would really encourage uh, anyone who's in the area or perhaps new students or returning students who might not be aware of where you are over there. You're right in University Center, that same little shopping center over there where the uh, 24-hour fitness and the... Trader Indi- Joe's. Uh, Edwards Theaters and Yoga Shakti and Trader Joe's and um, Pete's Coffee, that wonderful... Uh, and the yogurt shops. Golden wonder- Spoon. If yes, I recall, yes, yes. yummy, yummy. And, and Yogurt Land. Anyway, in that little shopping center, um, right there, sometimes kind of tucked away, but your beautiful center uh, is there, and it, you're open during the week. Is that right? What are the hours, regular hours you're open if someone just wants to stop by and see what you guys are up to? Yeah, we're open every day except Mondays. Our normal office hours are 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., however, Tuesdays through Thursdays, we stay open until about 9 or 10 p.m. because we have evening programs going on. Hmm. So we're, we're almost always around. Well, I love, again, it's such a beautiful space. You can come in and you, you're so gracious there. There's a lovely uh, library with wonderful books on the environment and very inspirational books. I found some amazing books there. And uh, that's free for people to just come in and browse and read. You have a little area where they can have tea or some water and um, and beautiful little fountain with those little beautiful little fishies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the theme is so important. Yes. Make a difference for yourself. Make a difference for your community. The Center for Living Peace stands for peace, and we certainly need that in our community, yes. in our country, in the world today. So, again, uh, just before, because our time is just about over, Carrie, could you tell us one more time the contact information for this coming Saturday, a full day of free events? And uh, I forgot to ask, uh, do do people need to pre-register for any of these classes, or can they just show up? 
Oh, great question. Um, they do not need to pre-register for these classes. If they would like to, then it would be more of a confirmative um, way that they can guarantee a spot in a class. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's drop-in for the most part. And if you would like to pre-register, just get more information, you can go to our website, www.goodhappens.org. You can email us at contact at goodhappens.org or feel free to give us a call at 949-854-5500. Wow, impressive and excellent. Carrie, thank you so much for calling in today and uh, helping to spread the word about what's going on over at the Center for Living Peace, a place, an oasis in the midst of our busy Orange County area here, an oasis of peace and uh, harmony. And thank you all for being there and doing what you do. Uh, Thank you so much for having great things to say about us. We love having everyone visit. Thanks so much. Okay, we'll see you soon. Okay. Have a great weekend. Uh, you too. Maria. <clears throat> wow, that oh, was wonderful. Isn't she charming? She's Excellent. so sweet. They're so wonderful there at the Center for Living Peace, too. I've stopped by there every once in a while on my breaks, and there's always a smiling face saying, welcome, come on in. And, and you're right about the feeling. Uh, it's When you walk in, it's like you're going into a different dimension. Yeah. You're leaving the hubbub and and crowding and consternation of everyday life, and you're going into a place of peace and tranquility. So again, that's www.goodhappens.org. And the designers of the center, you can tell when you're there, a lot of intention has been put into the way that it's set up, just the, the lines and the art and the... Um, just the whole design of things. There's a lot of uh, fluidity. You know, they probably had a feng shui person coming because there's a lot of moving, wonderful, calming, and moving energy. So it's it's really a beautiful place. I've only been once, but I need to get back again. It's such a special feeling. Yeah. So that, oh my gosh, look at what time it is. That is going to wrap it up for our time again. I can't believe it, Elf Princess. I well, know. We had well, a lot of fun. We did. And we've had so much fun today listening to Howard Shore music i thought uh and we listened to some good hobbit music i thought perhaps we would round out the day um with um i see you're opening the box for the complete recordings (laughs) the fellowship of the ring let's uh let's hear what a beautiful box set that is as well it's just gorgeously designed yes there was um let's hear Let's hear from the prologue, Ooh. which is One Ring to Rule Them All. This is the that opening scene. One of Ring to movies. Rule Them All. It'll be One interesting to, to see them. what type of opening music they'll have for the Hobbit movies. I can hardly wait. I can hardly wait. So, my friend, until next week, Elin Salalumin Nementielvo, A Star Shines on the hour of our meeting. I look forward to our next meeting here on KUCI-FM Irvine. And if anybody wants to contact us, they can send us an email at... Ask an Elf, A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F, askanelf at yahoo.com. Thanks so much, Elf Princess. You're welcome. Namariya. <laughs>